Hey everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Friday, March 24th, and I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Good morning, guys. Morning. Good morning. Well, he's done it again, Jim. Shut up two days in a row? <laughs> well, he did, he did that, but he also predicted, as we recorded on Tuesday morning, that the police would declare... Stephen Smith's death, a homicide, and they did it later that day. I'm also going to. That tells me they listen to this show. Right. Sled's favorite podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll leave that acronym alone today, but I'm I'm going (laughs) to go out on them and now predict that I guarantee you they're going to tie this back to the Murdoch's. Watch this. Yeah. Well, I won't take that bet. Uh, My. Drizzly account is my, my American right. Express card is screaming. Drizzly.com, uh, the best home delivery alcohol. <laughs> okay, service. so you guessed it. We're opening with more Murdaugh. And let's face it, can you ever get enough Murdaugh? Yes, but not, not <laughs> they, but they, they keep giving. They just I, keep giving. Right. They do just keep giving. So we went back and forth a little bit uh, last episode uh, in terms of when this investigation started and what was supposedly found or what happened during the double murder investigation that led sled to reopen the uh the 2015 uh Stephen Smith case and it's still not clear in terms of what they discovered or if they discovered anything physical um but it is clear that it was during that investigation that they, quote unquote, found new evidence connected to Smith's death and decided to reopen the case. And that was in June 2021. And so uh, if, it, if it seemed like to some of you that that case was just reopened, it wasn't. In fact, it's been reopened for almost two years now because they reopened it during the middle of the double murder investigation. So uh, we previously reported about about Sandy Smith, Stephen's mom launching the GoFundMe campaign to exhume the body and have another autopsy autopsy done. And uh, that continues. She's raised over $85,000 as of uh, uh, yesterday morning. South Carolina authorities announced that, quote, progress has been made in the homicide probe of Buster Murdaugh's former classmate, Stephen Smith. So they just announced they were declaring it a murder, and then they immediately announced that progress has been made in the homicide probe. And they uh, they said that uh, that they, they didn't want to announce anything during the double murder trial because they didn't want right. to have that in the news and possibly corrupt anything. And so that – now, if you think about it that way, it makes sense that it's right. coming out now that, uh, yes, they had this investigation open and that, uh, that they, uh, that they, uh, they waited until they, they thought it was the appropriate time. What I hadn't heard anything about until, uh, yesterday was this 2016 letter that was penned by Sandy Smith. In that letter, Sandy Smith told the FBI that her son was having 
an affair with Buster Murdaugh and that she felt the Murdaughs were involved. As we reported on Real Life Real Crime Daily on Monday, Buster Murdaugh came out and vehemently denied having anything to do with Smith's death. And so his timing of coming out and saying that, uh, uh, that you know, he wanted the, the press to, uh, you know, please leave him alone and respect his privacy during this period of mourning. And by the way, I thought that was a really interesting thing when I listened back to the episode and us talking about it and considered it. He's talking about being in a period of mourning and I understand the quote unquote mourning maybe associated with your father now going down, going to prison, but this is two years after your mother and your brother were murdered. And so he's talking about having the news media back off because he's in mourning over Pawpaw and Maggie two years later. Not that your, your, your mother and your brother are murdered. You think about it every day of your life, I'm sure. But but your period of hard grieving and you know inability to function, I don't think extends 24 months later. And so I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but that seemed to me like a very sort of manufactured defense on why they should be leaving him alone. Yeah, it and seemed he, to me that he's throwing out there, you keep messing with me and I'm going to throw a lawsuit, but the wheels of justice turn slow and this boy's about to get done. So SLED uh, you know, issued this release the other day, um, and uh, they said that the, the probe was never closed and remains a homicide investigation. Progress has been made, and the investigation is active and ongoing. They did not disclose the nature of the progress. SLED Chief Mark Keel has assigned additional agents to work the case in the hopes that, quote, those who may know what happened to Mr. Smith are more willing to speak freely now than they may have been in 2015 or 2021. Why do you suppose they might be more willing to speak freely now? Because daddy's in prison. Exactly. Because daddy's in prison. Ding, ding. And so that uh, puts I've a little always, bit. I've always said you put the handcuffs on someone, you put them in jail people come out of the woodworks and say shit. That's right. And he seemed untouchable. You know, well, that whole family before they were before daddy went to prison. So now it also gives people confidence that, Hey, they're going to take our complaints and issues seriously and investigations seriously where before they didn't feel like that. I found this weird guys. Give me your take on this. Former South Carolina State Trooper Todd Proctor. I don't know if you guys have heard that name during yeah, any of the read it uh, this morning. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he led the preliminary investigation into Smith's death. He told Fox News that there was no evidence pointing to a hit and run. He said, "quote It looked like it was more staged." And he also said that he had his shoes on. I'm just teasing. He didn't say. He did say, but he did have. He did say on. there were no tire marks on the road, right. and Smith did have abrasions that would indicate he slid across asphalt. There was no broken glass. There were no vehicle. Uh, parts. Okay, but here's headlights. Here's the bigger cracked. thing to me. Okay, so 
He's investigating it back then, and his investigation is consistent with foul play. Right. But they don't come out and rule foul play at that point. Daddy still had the influence to some people. We're all together on that, right? right. Ding, ding. Okay. Um, Here's the uh, literal language of the 2016 letter to the FBI from Sandy Smith was that she suspected her son was having an affair with Buster, a man who claimed to have witnessed the killing, allegedly told her family that Buster had beaten her son with a baseball bat. That was in a letter she wrote to the FBI in 2016. That fits with the broken brain stem and all of that they found in the autopsy. I think I've seen pictures of Buster in baseball uniform. Seriously. Oh, I, don't know. I think I've seen family pictures. of. I think Buster played ball. Well, yeah, they they were athletes, and the dad played football. I carried a bat in my truck just to beat the shit out of people. Yeah, but if you played if you played competitive baseball, I did. you can, so you know, you can yeah. generate a little bit more club head speed than most right, people right, right, wielding right, a bat. Right, right. So uh, that, I could see that yeah. being the weapon of choice for someone like Buster. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. How, yeah, how many times do I need word. to say allegedly? Allegedly. Um, so anyway, this thing just gets even more interesting. And guess what? There's an auction today. Yeah. An auction of Murdoch family furniture, dishes, artwork, and other personal e- effects. E- even deer heads and stuff that they had mounted on the wall. And I'm really upset that it's not on proxy bid. Who I, I just love auctions, y'all. And I used to get online auctions all the time and bid on stupid shit. Shout out Southerners. Right, Southerners. Yeah, I love them, right? The, uh, but it's not online. Okay, well, first of all, we need to get back on Facebook and make an appeal. We've got to have some listeners in that right. area. Right. If you are a listener, well, you're not going to hear this till tomorrow, so we got to put it on Facebook. But hopefully someone will respond that can get over there at 4 o'clock because, I mean, I know I'm in the market for some Murdaugh merchandise. Uh, So if you could have someone bid on something on your behalf, what would would it be? I I want one of the bucks on the wall, one of the mounts to put in my bar. And I'd put the Real Life Real Crime Daily Murdaugh. Can I get a twenty T-shirts <laughs> that we're about to sell <laughs> merchandise? I'll, I'll hang that up from the horns on the on the on the uh, buck. That's a good uh, that, one. That's a good one. That G- Jim, any any particular item you'd be in the market for? You know, I'm sure there's tons. Uh, I love toys. antiques anyway, but in uh, auctions and all that sort of thing. But I will say this on that and. To me, it's absolutely crazy that they didn't offer an online bidding for right. this auction because they would have made more money. Yeah. Well, right. that's right. And you're trying to recover money for victims, not only of of uh, all the you know killings and things that he did, but you're trying to recover money for victims that he screwed over and all those insurance scams he was running right. over 99 people. So. The the best way to do that is to get as much money as possible for those items. There's no doubt they would have got more money 
in an online auction. Yep. Yeah. So they're saying that there's they some photos some online. Yeah. And leather, mine too. Leather couches, monogram pillows. There's a pillow that says Paw Paw on it that you might. Hey, I would definitely get that. Yeah. There's well, not I don't, one I don't know a pillow, is there? No, there's one that's that has the init, that has Maggie's initials. Paw Paw. There's also Paw hunting Paw. trophies. Right. So I was wondering if Alex had won a trophy for best shot in a confined no, space. The, the hunting oh, trophies. The, the hunting oh, trophies. Oh, yeah, that's, that's really funny. Bad. <laughs> the trophies are actually the the deer mounts. I saw pictures of them. That's oh, those. Not like a we're trophy. counting those as trophies. Yeah, that, those are trophies. That's why you mount your bucks on the wall. They're trophies that you display forever. Okay, never having killed a Sorry. sweet. Come on down, this, Bambi, and we kill. Uh, never never ki- having killed we're Bambi, Bambi kill and put her on good. the wall. I wouldn't yeah. know anything about that. But the, we don't kill Bambi. Put was, on the wall. We eat there, Bambi. If there was, a, <laughs> we fry the, Bambi whole. If there was a trophy for <laughs> best shot in a confined tender. space, young uh, and tender Bambi for the blast that sent Papa's brains fl- flying. I would have bid on that. But um, oh. <laughs> also, if there just happens to be any baseball bats around, I oh, might how about the firearms? I bid on their firearms. They didn't, I don't think they're auctioning firearms. They should. I didn't say that. Recently found. They recently found some firearms. Maybe they're uh, maybe they're talking about that. No, they're they're not mentioning. Um, it's unclear, which is really disappointing, whether uh, the merchandise for the auction is coming from Moselle or one of their other or multiple other uh, homes. And so, if it's not from Moselle, it, it you know. To me, it seriously degrades the value of these things. But anyway, um, even more uh, Murdaugh news. Last piece of Murdaugh news is that the Satterfield sons still want justice. They never received a dime of the $4.3 million that came. um, They're going to get some from the auction probably. Yeah, the executor will divvy all that out. Well, they got a lot more stuff to auction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this if this is just one of the well, uh, just the estates, land that so. they have. Yeah, I mean, what does Moselle go for? I mean, it's got to be. I saw something where million. they, yeah, where they estimated its value. I think between two and and three million. I don't know about that. that's not even. Was, but you don't know if he took out. He might have taken out equity lines on those. I, I mean, I haven't seen well, that's all of that. That's, so we, that's we not even know. the value of Mike's front walkway on his house. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks for mentioning that again, Woody. <laughs> so, uh, and just to give you an idea of what uh, Alec is facing, folks, he's he's now facing trial for 99 alleged financial crimes from 1919 separate indictments. He's accused of embezzling an estimated $9 million from his family's decades-old personal injury law firm and its clients as well as some other cases like the Satterfields. And he's about to be facing charges of obstruction for helping his son cover up his alleged lover's murder. Wow. You heard it. You heard it here first. So how is she still with him two weeks later in Hilton Head, Woody? I'm not. I I don't know, but you can go to drizzly.com, and and if you pay off your bet, I'll answer that for you. Okay, I just think it's a sham. It's it's, it's a cover. She's not really with. I need proof that they've had I've sex never even seen outside a, that. A picture of her, uh, y'all. I don't even know what she looked like. I'm just saying she wasn't getting a dumping in the first two weeks and make herself look like a whore or money grubber or whatever you want to call it, gold digger. Most sure she looks like a gold digger. She's yeah. been dating Ronald McDonald for years. Hey, she might come from money. Okay. She might. Be, she true. might. 
she might shit gold. She may believe they're all she might bleed innocent. Gold. Wouldn't it be cool if you bleed gold? Instead of having the gold, the goose laying the gold egg, you just slit your wrist and bleed gold everywhere. <laughs> this ends today's Murdaugh <laughs> update. Thank you. All right, y'all, let me take you in uh, the Millard update. Had, we had a little something I was going to talk about, which was BRPD was down in the hood, um, which is on March 21st, on Tuesday. And, and this kind of piqued my interest. They're still down there working on to get more information on the Millard case. Uh, and basically what, what happened was they it used to happen to us all the time. You pull up and there's a crowd full of people and you get out of your vehicles and one asshole's got a warrant and they run, right? Well, somebody did. They ran. They got in a vehicle pursuit. Okay. Now, what I want to tell you about what I found out this morning, and this is really interesting and probably brings the whole case in perspective for me. So um, newly filed investigative documents say Nathan Millard's family received an anonymous phone call claiming that the tourist was possibly given bad drugs as part of a setup and detailing an alleged scheme by Baton Rouge drug dealer. Y'all that's stinky uh, to relocate Millard's body so he could claim the reward for finding him. All right. So the cops filed a bunch of search warrants this week, and um, of course they ra- they arrested Stanky. During this, it came to light that uh, Millard's wife had actually received some phone calls. Okay, during the time that he was missing, so search warrants uh, seek the phone records of several people possibly linked to the case. Explained that Millard's wife had two bizarre phone calls in the days after Millard's body was recovered. One of those calls happened on March 15th when Millard's wife dialed a Baton Rouge-based number that had repeatedly tried to call Millard's phone, which was found on the sidewalk downtown after his appearance. She said when she called, a female voice answered and only said, yeah, before quickly hanging up. A day later, Millard's wife received a phone call from a block number, and she answered it. The mystery caller, believed to have been a woman, reportedly claimed that Stanky or Perkins and other unnamed conspirators picked up Millard with the intent of giving him bad drugs and robbing him. The caller went on to allege that Stanky initially dumped the body at a different location near a railroad track and a dumpster and then had someone help him move the remains to a lot along Scenic Highway after learning that a reward had been offered. Police were first able to link, to link Stanky to the case after he tried using Millard's debit cards, et cetera. We all know about that. Um, and so it just makes it interesting to me that the wife's re- received this phone call. I bet you there's something to it. The, the, that's why the body was wrapped. Uh, uh, you know, they dumped him and oh, holy shit, the big reward. Now we can make the most because you can get the reward for being anonymous. So I bet they're going back and looking at the person who allegedly smelt the body and called it in now and tied it all in. But interesting, right? Yeah. So do you think you could use uh, canines now at that first location and still pick up? Absolutely. Absolutely. You could. That, uh, and that's a great, a great point. The, as soon as you die, your body starts to get off a certain odor that these dogs are trained for. And I've, I've used them on cases where 
the body was gone, like uh, little Caitlin Adele's case, and the dog came in and went immediately to the washing machine and, and, and started pawing on it, right? And so, yeah, that's – well, you know what? There's been a lot of rain and stuff. I don't know how that works out, uh, uh, the bad weather. But this certainly stinky – burned the car and swapped all the license plates and everything else, but it's not above him to, I, I, I don't believe that. I, I, I believe that they probably gave him the, the blue, whatever it was called with the um, fentanyl in it to kill him. But after they realized, Holy shit, this is a big deal. We can go move, move the body or mm-hmm. do whatever and call it in and get that $10,000 reward. I mean, if, Hey, $10,000 for stanky. It's like, it's like 10 million. Yeah, no, know, I mean, for, I'd, right? I'd, I'd buy that completely. He might could go get some uh, full coverage insurance and burn another car. And by, and, and to this date, he's the only one that's been arrested for anything in relating to Millard's death. So there you have it. All right, let's move on to some trademark issues going on in crime yeah. right now. Trademark violations are serious. Yep. And uh, you, you copy RRC Daily's Murdoch. Can I get a twin shirt or should business right. body parts bucket? But we're hammering your ass. That's right. <laughs> Hugo Holland. We're going to sick him. We're going to So Jack Daniels, no different. And they protect their trademarks. And they're saying a novelty toy maker by the name of VIP has violated trademark protections. Now, the. Toying question is basically a. <laughs> this is a dog. It's a. They call it a, a bad spaniel, and this dog toy is shaped like a whiskey bottle, and it's kind of obvious that it looks like uh, Jack Daniel's whiskey bottle, and they even have old number oh, two yeah. instead uh, of old, old number, number seven, seven yeah. because it's poop yeah. themed. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, Wait, but it's it's a squeaky toy. It's a it's a squeaky toy, okay, and uh, it's poop theme. Says old number two, get it? So obvious parody of the Jack Daniels brand bottle, and they look at it as it should be protected under free speech. Uh, that they should be able to do that because they're not actually putting Jack Daniels on there in yeah. old number seven. Although inference. Right? Right, right, that's a that's right. a well, huge I mean, thing. They, they fucking know what they were doing. Exactly. Sorry, sorry. Exactly. So the whiskey maker uh, describes the offending products as poop themed toys, and they countered that the likelihood of confusion is what would cause the violation of the trademark. So basically, what they're saying is people will think we're making this, and yeah. because it's so close to our our whiskey bottle now. Uh, the attorney for Jack Daniels came out and basically said that, hey, Jack Daniels loves dogs, and we appreciate a good joke over here at JD. Right. But uh, we love our customers even more, and we don't want them confused or associating our fine whiskey with dog poop. Yeah, that's interesting. You get that? I, I get it, and, and I'll take it a step further. I don't think they want their customers who've already ingested a fifth of Jack Daniels to go in a store and buy this bottle because it looks like Jack Daniels and get home and realize it's not Jack Daniels. It's, that's, it's that's a poop that's toy. Right. 
You know how you could avoid that? Drizzly.com. If you want your Jack Daniels, get them delivered to wherever you're at. That's a very good point, Woody. That's right. So they're taking this all the way to the Supreme Court. They're they're going to hear this case very soon. And the reason it's made it all the way to the Supreme Court is the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in 2020, way back in 2020, so three years ago, ruled in favor of VIP products saying that its toys are protected under the First Amendment. Lawyers making money. Lawyers making money. So, of course, Jack Daniels didn't uh, take that sitting down. They pushed it. And eventually had the Supreme Court uh, agree to review that case and make a decision. And actually, that doesn't seem like a huge deal, but it really it is, is, y'all, it is. because it's going to set what precedent, right? Also, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't have to hear cases. They they only actually uh, hear like maybe three percent of all cases that are submitted up to them. So if they agreed to hear the case, you definitely. That's going to be the new policy procedure because somebody screwed something up, and they they may deny it. That's right. But but them he, at least hearing it sets the precedent in itself. It really does. And of course, Jack Daniels got some other big uh, companies in the in, in other industries to back them. Uh, those companies include Nike, Campbell Soup, and American Apparel. They basically filed briefs saying the appeals court. Uh, interpretation of the law threatened trademark protections that shield the value of iconic brands. The Biden administration also supports the whiskey maker. Well, all that sounds like to me is a whole bunch of lawyers making a whole bunch of money. Yeah. So, and and a big company getting pissed that somebody had a better idea than they did because yeah, they should have done this themselves. Done <laughs> right, you're right. And you're right. so uh, somebody in the marketing department got slapped with this thing and uh, lost their job, no doubt. Sorry to my friends in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Love your stuff. Lynchburg Lemonade. But leave these. This is a little company that made it. I'm sure I have, yes. It's a very famous drink. Actually sell the the Jack Denham bottles, the smaller ones now. It's pre-mixed with the JD and the the Lemonade. You don't believe me, go to drizzly.com and look it up. We went... uh, to a little field, a little field trip when I was in yeah. Tennessee, down to the tastings room, and stayed in that tastings yeah, room a too little bit too long the back line, in the day. The limestone water gotcha. But um, yeah, this is—I mean—that's a little company that you know made a squeaky dog toy. Give me, give me a break. I'm trying to think of my dog's squeaky dog toys, and like one of his favorites yeah. is a, a little Chewbacca. Yeah, I mean, our is. Lucas going to come after maybe, the makers maybe. of that little Chewbacca and, or they probably licensed that Chewbacca. Maybe so. Maybe, you know. well, I would tell you my experience with dog toys too, because y'all just brought it up and it just popped in my head this weekend. I cut my grass when it was cold for, uh, this past weekend when it was cold for the first time. And I ran over about three or four chew toys in the yard with a uh, ride lawnmower. And the other one is my best friend, Mitch Waller has this, um, whatever kind of dog, like a pit bull or something. And it has this giant and it goes like one a week giant. It looks like a furry bone, right? But the dog, every time the dog picks it up, it picks it up on one of the corners of the bone. So it looks like a giant penis. I got biggest furry balls on one end and the penis on the other end. It looks like it's, it's like it's getting the, the penis a, a knob from the side. 
Why don't you post that on the Facebook? Page I, you know what? I got to do that because I swear every time I see him, I'm like, yes, mess. Put your penis down. <laughs> God. Sorry. That's, that should be a crime. But real life for crime daily. Guys, have you heard about the, uh, the guys that escaped from prison in Virginia? Yes. Pretty unbelievable thing how they managed to uh, to put this enormous hole in the wall yes. and and get out of the prison. So, I mean, two inmates were un- they they were recaptured in Virginia after they escaped by digging a hole with tools they made from a toothbrush and a metal object. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So all they got to do is figure out how to get out. Right, so they did an Andy Dufresne, but they did it with a. Right. Uh, but but this is a. It's a big, it's a big hole. We got to put that. We we'll post, put that we'll post the picture of, of the crime daily's uh, Facebook page. Yeah, we'll post it's a picture hilarious. of the hole on the Facebook page. But so they escaped from a Newport News, Virginia jail um, by digging out and scaling a wall. Um, uh, but they were found hours later and rearrested. The Newport News jail annex discovered the two inmates, John Garza, age thirty-seven, and Arlie Nemo, age forty-three missing during a routine headcount around 7 p.m. on Monday night. The pair had dug this hole through one of the jail walls using this, they they said, primitive tool that they had constructed out, out of a toothbrush and a metal object. The tools helped them access untied rebar in the wall, which they then used for the rest of their escape, according to the sheriff. After getting out, the two encountered containment walls and had to scale a wall to leave the area. So these guys have to be really smart. I mean, they, right. they get the tool somehow. They're, it, I don't know how long it took them to do this to the wall, but they had to be able to conceal it each night. Well, or, well uh, I was about to say that. Here's the deal. Um, somebody's getting their ass fired because you could drive a, a hole. I mean, you could drive a truck through that hole, and I don't care what they, I don't, there's nothing in the cell you could cover with that big. Andy, like, uh, Andy Dufresne's poster wasn't that big. Actually, they had a show business poster. Oh, that must have been what it was. But that was the case. They, they should have gone and done a scratch and sniff on the poster and, and seen that it was a hole in the wall. Oh, God. It is a it is a big hole. But actually, here's here's where I really want here's where I really want you to it's weigh a big in. Hole, business. Here's where I really want you to weigh in with your expertise, Woody. Okay. No, listen. This is right, this listen. is important. Okay. There has to be some kind of set of best practices. For escape convicts that they would, you know, adhere to, adhere to in order to not be immediately reapprehended. I mean, what's what are oh, yeah. some of those best oh, practices? Yeah. What things oh, yeah. should you not do? Me, I, I tell you, what I would do is have somebody waiting on me and just get my ass out of the area. These heroes didn't do that. Very good point. So yes, having uh, some help from the outside to transport right. you out of the immediate area. No, Garza and Nemo. Did not do that. And they should have gone to the Ask Woody helpline for assistance yes. where they would have heard that. These guys actually were found on Tuesday morning. Apparently, everything they had done in the escape made them pretty hungry. <laughs> and they stopped for a hearty breakfast at the IHOP in That's Hampton, Virginia, which is just a few miles away from the prison. Right. Bertha Jones waited on them while they were there. And she told local police, quote, they seemed like nice guys, but they didn't smell very good. 
And they had jumpsuits with DOC on the back of them. Might be a dead giveaway. Now, if it was the Waffle House, they'd probably been safe. <laughs> Jones informed her shift manager, who promptly notified police, who arrived on scene shortly after to arrest the two men. I believe they were uh, they had finished their eggs and pancakes by then. Um, here's the sheriff, uh, whose name is Gabe Morgan, who said, "I'm thankful for the citizens who observed Garza and Nemo at the IHOP and notified law enforcement. It reinforces what we always say: see something, say something." Yeah. Yeah, so if you see two horribly smelling guys in departments of Department of Corrections Jump jumpsuits yeah. eating pancakes, that would definitely qualify under the see something. So I'm going to tell those guys, not only would I have had someone pick me up if I was that hangry for IHOP, I would have had them pick up a to-go order before they picked me up. Yeah, there was a better strategy than going got it, got in out the IHOP area. in your... So the sheriff's office said that they have a team of officers and city facility engineers now reviewing the incident um, to determine how to mitigate the aforementioned facility weakness. Yeah, so right. uh, they yeah. don't want anybody cutting a five-foot hole in a, in a and wall using a toothbrush. there'll be new policy and procedures on how to do everything that they didn't do. Yeah, so Garza by the way, was in custody on charges of contempt of court, probation violations, and failure to appear. Those are pretty might. I mean, not really because he's getting swung and that um, he's already been down on for whatever. So he failure to appear, failure to do his probation, which he knew, he knew he was going to state prison anyway. He might have done a murder or not a murder. But he might have done an armed robber or burglary or something like that and was out on probation for it. If you get if you violate your probation, you have to go do your DOC time. So let's say he got sentenced to five years, suspended five years probation, right? You get, you go up to the last day of that five years and you get busted for a charge. You got to go back and do the whole five years in prison. Okay. But it doesn't, it, Nemo was being held on charges of credit card fraud, credit card larceny, forgery, possession of burglary tools, grand larceny, contempt of court, and probation violations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. they don't seem like they were probably on the FBI's most wanted no, list. No, they don't seem like the most intelligent either. And again, I'll go on the record and say, had they been wearing DOC jumpsuits and smelling nasty and been in Waffle House eating, nobody would have said anything. <laughs> IHOP's a step above. This story brought, brought, to, us, real life, real brought to you by IHOP. Um, so a criminal and internal investigation is underway by the sheriff's office to minimize the chances of such an event ever happening again. And charges related to the escape are pending for both of yeah. the Yeah, you know inmates. what? They're going to get 10 years each for that. That's what you get to say, Louisiana. You escape, you get 10 years. I hope they enjoyed their pancakes. Yep. So, y'all, another story out of Virginia and. Uh, I know they touched on it. Y'all touched on it last week when I wasn't here with Kelly Jennings about this gentleman um, dying in, in custody. And so the video is out now. What, what's his name? Atieno is his last right. name. So Atieno, y'all just watched the video. and I'm going off of memory. But so the video very, um, very clearly shows 
They bring this guy in. Evidently, he had been resisting. They have him, uh, basically, they carry him in, handcuffed and shackled. And, but you can still see he's still bucking up and they uh, put him on the floor. Now there's jail staff there and then there's uniform patrol staff. You can see the difference in the uniforms and they come in and they're holding him down. Um, I mean, like, I don't think anybody will ever understand how much it takes. I'm not talking about George Floyd's bullshit, but if somebody's actively resisting and, and, it's just hard to hold them down. I've had five, six guys my size trying to hold a guy down just to get cuffs on him. But this guy was even restrained, and you could see him when they're holding him down. He's still pushing up, pushing up. But at some point, they realize, holy shit, he's not breathing. And he ended up dying from it, right? The um, But I don't, I don't, I don't, do not believe this is a George Floyd incident or whatever. They're going to come back and, in. I, I don't believe they smother him. Maybe he had a heart attack. I don't know. Go watch the video. Uh, um, um, it's sad that that people who are almost making no money and put their lives on the line every day, and I'm talking about cops and, and correctional officers, et cetera, have to resort to this. But they're, they very clearly are holding him down. And one thing, you're holding him down to, to stop him from hurting you, but you're also holding him down to stop him from hurting himself. And so at what point homie dies, I don't know. I hate it for his family, but the video to me clearly shows that he's still resisting. And I don't know. I don't know what happened. Well, I think the the family's uh, position is that he was denied the uh, medication that he had been on. Yeah. Um, and because he was denied his meds right. over the weekend, this happened not during the original right. arrest, it's but during a been transport. Right. right. Um, and so yeah, it, I think that that's, that's where, and, where they are coming from. But what struck me in the, and this is just straight surveillance video, it's right, just the cameras right. in the room is there are eventually, cause eventually some medical staff right. comes in at least 10 people. I think it was 11 yeah, people. It was a lot. That are there, nobody. Now it's there's no audio; it's only right, video. Right. But Nobody's, but from looking at it, nobody is reacting as if anybody is doing anything no, inappropriate. You don't see anybody pulling anybody off anybody or waving their hands or even even. Yeah, there's no excited. sort of nobody's throwing punches nobody's throwing or punches there's, there's or none of that. It's, it's all an attempt to, you know, to get him under control right. you, is what you, it the, appears the, like. They say use whatever force necessary to bring the situation under control. And then while this, what they weren't beating him or anything like that, it's still a use of force when anytime you have to touch someone after verbal commands. Uh, I don't, I don't, I can't testify to the medicine he was and wasn't on. And they're going to have a uphill battle on that one. Uh, I can tell you that, that it's unfortunate and how many times I've arrested people who are just batshit crazy and off their meds. But that's not my problem. I mean, if you're out there committing the crime and you're off your meds, then you, know, you might not get to see the doctor until Monday. Well, currently yeah. it's been made the problem. All these people are under arrest. Right. Yeah, yeah, right? I know, I know. That, that, that's, that's that's bullshit. They're going to get. I, so, uh, but get off. but ultimately, it seems like there I, should be some accountability, but not accountability necessarily on the part of individuals. Here. I, I want to know what y'all go watch the video. If they had just let 
the guy free, what would he have what, what done? Right? So that's catch 22. Well, but even say they did that and he did uh, something terrible. Maybe he, right. he maybe killed bit, one of them. Maybe he bit somebody's nose off. Okay. Yeah, right? uh, the issue about the meds would still come into play, they're, would it not? They're not medical staff. They're not a doctor. Maybe they, I mean, you can't bring every single person. Let's say you process 150 people at night. You can bring everyone to the doctor. You do ask them about your meds and stuff when you, you fill out the booking sheets. And and you even ask them if you're high. There's all kinds of questions that are on there. But if they say, yeah, I'm on such, such meds and I hadn't had it in such, such time. Well, shit, it's documented. You pass it up. That's the medical staff to make the decision. You know, I don't, I don't get it. The, um, well, they were well, had George Floyd not happened, which was a trap that that was murder. Had George Floyd not happened, this shit would have never even got brought to light. I mean, I mean, obviously the family was still said what they said, but it, why I saw the video and it's nothing I haven't done a hundred times. Well, we're certain to hear more uh, about it, and yeah. uh, we will report back when we do. Interesting. All right, we got another segment for you, and this is my favorite segment because it's called They Stole What? What? Exactly. What? They stole what? We need to get a like a chicken wing. Yeah, we need chicken a, wing. We need a sound a theme, bite a little a sound bite for that. We're gonna work on what? that. What's chicken wing? Yeah, Willis? maybe maybe next week. But get a, is that dude still alive? What's talking about Willis? We'll get <laughs> him talking about Willis. They stole what? He's actually not. Yeah. Well, well Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Yeah. 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 All, All right. right. Rest R. in R. peace, Willis. Gary. Rest in peace. All right. We so they stole what? And this week we're going to tell you about something that is becoming more and more common, and that is the theft of manhole covers. Now, they had a man in Florida who was actually caught with 166 manhole covers that have been that had disappeared in Florida. Police. Uh, announced that they have arrested the suspect and the Polk County Sheriff's detectives launched the investigation after a local utility company reported that dozens of these 300-pound manhole covers had gone missing over a period of two weeks. So they made quick work of it. A scrap alert was sent to all secondhand metal dealers, and that sparked a tip leading to the arrest of Christopher Fink, who was arrested after he allegedly offloaded the covers. The scrap metal would be worth more than $22,000, y'all. Now, a press release from the sheriff's office notes that the lack of manhole covers significantly increases, obviously, the risk to drivers driving down the road. People walking. I was going to say, right I'm, mad, I'm mad as a motherfucker. You know why? I've, I've been walking through the woods in uh, old wells that, that, you know, you're not paying attention. I'm a, I'm a squirrel hunting, looking up in a tree, and I fucking fell into an old well. It was only like 12 feet. But that shit hurt. You fell all the way yeah. down? Yeah. Fell wow. in the well, and I had to get my buddy to get me out. The But the if you're just walking down the street and, and you step into a manhole, I'd be pissed. Oh, yeah, you'd be pissed. Well, and believe it or not, y'all, this is common like globally. In, in the U.K., as a matter of fact, they had a gang, and this gang had stole 900 manhole covers in six months. They would dress as city workers 
and just basically steal them, throw them in trucks, and leave. And if you notice, with manhole covers, they typically mark these. So it, right. it might say City of New Orleans or right. City of N.O. Right. That is so these scrap metal secondhand dealers will yeah. know that it was stolen. The problem is and some of those guys. Are some shady. of those guys are shady. Right. So yeah, well, they'll they, take them. They can melt it down for the. What is what? That's right. What like device do they use to get these things? Uh, pry bar. They have the the little square holes on them to pop them up. Now let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And, and Jim, I asked you this before, Mike. Why do they make manhole covers round? You're Vanderbilt educated. You should figure this out. I spent most of my time at Bandy in the frat house. Yeah, so did I. Was, what frat were you? Pike Cap Alpha. Uh, sitting, sitting there. Um, don't know. Why are they round? They are round because they can, you cannot drop a round cover through a round hole. It's impossible. Figure that out. Look, y'all ought to see. There's a hamster wheel Let's, turning on Mike, the, and he's thinking, the, the, "How can you got you a round hole? It's it's perfectly fit for the round hole. You can't drop it sideways; it won't go in. You, it can only fit into the onto the top of the well, round hole. If I have a smaller round object, but they're exactly it's not, the same they're made. They're made. The, they're made for that hole. That's why manhole covers are perfectly round for the hole. Oh, that they fit. You okay. Because they can't. If they were square, you could drop it and be like, "Oh, shut." Oh, I understand. I, I got thought, a hangover this okay, morning. I, and I, I dropped it. Right. I, I misunderstood the, the question. But if they had 166 of these mm-hmm. and they weighed 300 pounds, mm-hmm. yep. That's fifty thousand pounds yep. of manhole covers. Twenty thousand dollars worth. Twenty two thousand. So they get pennies on the dollar. So, on scrap. I mean, you can't transport that many in. I mean, unless you got an armored car. I mean, some no, kind sure of major trailer. Each yeah. each manhole cover was one hundred thirty bucks. Yeah. So it's basically like finding one hundred thirty dollars on the ground every time you pick one up. Okay. Yeah. But not easy to pick 300 pounds up off Speak the ground. Speak for oh, yourself, I, Michael. I, I bet you it's like NASCAR pit stops. <laughs> I bet they had it down to like 12 seconds. Hit it. They got right, a yeah. crew of huge dudes that yeah, are just. Probably, probably two in a, in, a, in a pry bar. And look, let me, let me say Because you can roll it. Once you pry it up on the side, you can roll it and flip it on the trailer. Yeah. They figured it out. There's no doubt about it. It happened. But let me say this. There's a major problem with scrap uh, theft, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, my wife's friend parked her car at Bass Pro Shop here in Denham Springs the other day, broad daylight, had both of her catalytic converters yep. stolen yep. in the middle of the day. Big deal. And what it is is catalytic converters have silver uh in them and so they they steal these and they bring them to scrap yards and they right. get big money for them that's a big deal they did it, it takes 12 seconds they they did you're right and they, because they're professionals at it but they also had a big problem in this area all the school buses and the school bus drivers go out to start their shit and the catalytic converters are gone yeah and you can it, it doesn't affect the crazy thing is uh you start the car and i mean it sounds like the loudest right Wow, sounds, big, like, sounds like my truck. Yeah, it sounds like Woody's <laughs> truck normally, but uh, it's a it's a major problem, and it only takes twelve seconds. They take these zip saws, yep. and they just vroom, 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 and they're gone. Yeah. The the and it's a pretty genius thing. If I was a criminal, I'd probably do that. The, the uh, other 
big, big one is copper theft. And, oh, and, oh, yeah. Uh, a sheet of copper that used to cost $85 now costs over $400. That's why they were all these AC units and, oh, uh, new houses are getting built in, mm. in these new neighborhoods. The, the, the construction's not finished yet. They go in and cut out all the copper, yeah. rip out all the copper out of the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You never know what you get on real life okay. crime daily. Okay. That's right. Protect That's, your metal. Uh, that's uh, harder than stealing a million and a half dollars worth hey, of chicken wings. Hey, hey so. don't 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 lie. You're just thinking about how a round hole manhole cover can't fall in the hole. It's uh, I know that's perplexing. I, I can't do the math equation on that. All right. Next, <laughs> uh, lots of stories in the news about spring break, uh, particularly spring break down in Florida. Down in Miami, South Beach I used area. To love spring break. I used to love spring I, break. I never had a hotel room either. <laughs> Jim, I'm sure we were all big, you know. Dine and dash for the first time in spring God, break. What these guys go through today versus what we went through. I mean, it's just, Club it's Viva. just scary. Club but, Viva. but I don't know if you remember, but last year, uh, and I don't know if it was South Beach, I think it was South Beach, there were these uh, students from West Point. Mm-hmm. who got fentanyl poisoning right, right. down there. Oh, my gosh. You remember that story? No, it was yeah. a big, yep. big story. Big but, deal. They, they did curfews and all kinds of stuff. So, so the state of Florida and city of Miami, Tampa, all the big uh, spots had anticipated, you know, another really challenging spring break season with thousands of college students converging on their beaches, right? Um, and with – those kind of crowds comes the inevitable use of drugs, marijuana, right. alcohol, uh, but pills. I once lit my hair on fire at spring break. Uh, we'll get back to that in a second. This is an important story. I think. So is my hair. Okay. Well, your hair is important. Um, last year, as I said, brought overdose deaths, including several West Point cadets uh, who had uh, bought fentanyl-laced cocaine. And that was in Broward County, so Fort Lauderdale, uh, Boca Raton area. This year, the crowds were even bigger. One big reason why the crowds are bigger this year is parents and even kids on their own are deciding not to go to Mexico specifically because of right. the fentanyl scares, uh, the uh, the murders a couple of weeks ago. And because of that, a lot of them are rerouting themselves to Florida beaches, right. and uh, and so they've got an even bigger influx than they uh, than they had planned on uh, on having. In the the State Department also issued uh, specific travel advisories to some of the most popular areas. So there's a there's a travel advisory to Cancun. Mm. There's a travel advisory mm. to Cabo. It's a, it's a shame when you can't um, get high without worrying about dying. Yep. Get high without dying. And what happened in the good old days? You just buy. Some good day. Well, and the cartels are now recruiting American teens uh, via handouts and social media to come to the border to then be a mule and yeah. bring the stuff to spring break locations. They actually have yeah. American teens doing this. It's, you know, it's unbelievable. So the fentanyl is ending up in a bunch of different pills speed, oxycodone, ecstasy, Xanax, Adderall. Yeah. Uh, so the focus has been heavily on policing drug use and preventing this uh, fentanyl death. And so in the middle of all that, what happens? Violence breaks out. There you go. 
So City of Miami Beach was forced to declare a state of emergency and announced a midnight curfew Sunday after two deadly shootings rocked Ocean Drive. Ocean Drive, if you haven't been down to to the South Beach area, Ocean Drive is the main drag along the water where the restaurants and clubs are. all are. It's where I mean, if you're going it's down like, there for spring break, it's where you're going to be right, at night. It's like Bourbon Street in Miami on the beach. Yeah, so it's the, where all the beautiful people go. So the bullets are flying on. The, the, the same shit happened last year, didn't it? They shut it down with, with curfews and everything. Well, last year, as I said, it was more the the drug stuff, yeah. and so they they had a, a first shooting on on Friday night, and they didn't uh, they didn't alter any of the rules, uh, but then on Sunday. They had uh, a second uh, shooting, and these are both on Ocean Drive. So after the second shooting on Sunday, city officials uh, put the uh, curfew in effect. And actually, as we speak, uh, they either may have last night or today extended it again through uh, through this weekend, which means if you're there, you've got to uh, – uh, you're not allowed out in those areas after midnight. That sucks for everybody. Business owners, people go to party. I mean, shit, if I wanted to not be allowed out after midnight, I could stay at my parents' house or something. So uh, people, even if you work for commercial business, you must leave before midnight. The hotels can operate past midnight, but only service their own guests. Restaurants can operate after curfew for delivery only. According to the order, no no takeout is allowed. I bet Drizzly.com is doing a boom business. I'm lying. sure they are, and right. I'm sure they normally do in that area. So, um, yeah, so it's a very different spring break experience. And imagine having to think before you go out at night uh, for spring break both about whether uh, you're going to buy a pill from someone um, or uh, whether you're going to be in an area where uh, – there's gunfire. I mean, that's this is in the heart. That's the that's epicenter the of the, uh, the spring break stuff it's down America there. today. Scary, scary stuff. Crazy. If you're in Miami for spring break, and everybody goes to spring break for one reason, well, two reasons: to party and have sex, right? And the, the um, so I would encourage you to wrap it up so you don't your parents don't get grandchildren and shit like that. But let me ask you. Um, but, but I ask you, the listeners, have you ever heard of stealthing? No. Well, I'm about to share some. Enlighten nice. me. All right. Stealthing, y'all. And, you know, RRC Daily is always on the forefront of, of these stories. I had heard of stealthing, and it it's really should be a criminal act. And in Dutch, in Dutch, uh, <laughs> in the <laughs> Netherlands, <laughs> The, a Dutch court has convicted a man for removing his condom during sex without his partner's consent, marking a landmark change in how to deal with the act of stealthing. So stealthing is the act of slipping your condom off while you're giving the bone home without your partner knowing. Oh, male, female. That's a, that's a big no-no. Right? That's a big I mean, no-no. Like, that's really right because I mean you get pregnancy, you can get uh, AIDS, or what you know, like Mike, you like Mike, you can get disgusting. the blue crabs. The uh, well, probably the condom wouldn't stop the crabs, right, Mike? 
Oh, they can just tear right through there. Yeah, they've got big (laughs) big claws. Anyway, so back to the story. Of course, says, by his actions, the suspect forced the victim to tolerate having unprotected sex with him, the court said. And in doing so, he restricted her personal freedom and abused the trust she had placed in him. Do you think? You know what? That just hit me. uh, John Ritter movie where they had the, the, the glowing condoms. And they were, it was like lightsabers. Y'all didn't see that. So all condoms, I'm claiming it from this point forward, all condoms should glow in the dark. That way, you know, if you can still, <laughs> it's dark. Anyway, the, um, un- unnamed 28 year old man sent the victims text after they had sex, including one that insisted she would be fine after learning the act. Stealthing has become a greater issue for courts as they tackle how to best handle cases that can expose a sexual partner to sexually transmitted diseases and unwanted pregnancy. The Dutch court acquitted the man of the rape charge, however, because the court ruled that the sex was consensual. The judge found appropriate agreement between the suspect and the complainant about the sexual penetration. Um, I don't know, y'all. The dude got um, a three-month suspended prison sentence and 1,073 U.S. American dollar fine, which would equal 1,000 euros for damages. Wow. But uh, it, What a piece of crap that the, guy is. So man. I guess it wouldn't be cost-effective to make them all like, have LEDs on them, uh, I, wouldn't I, I wouldn't think that Nobody would be that wonder. expensive. <laughs> but, I mean, this is a real deal, though. I've read yeah, some other it's, stories. It's really, about that. it's, it's that, screwed um, up. And, and I've heard thing. about it. it. Sometimes, well, I'm going to leave that alone. If I leave it alone, this must be bad. I'm right. going to say right. that thought. Well, I'm out. <laughs> Stealthy. We are on to our last segment for today. I'm going to and we need a We need a sound bite for this, too. And that is dun, 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 on dun, 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 this dun. day in crime. So, we got some good ones for you today, y'all. March twenty third, eighteen sixty, big crime day, big crime day, right? Eighteen sixty, and Belansky is executed by hanging in Minnesota after poisoning her husband with arsenic the prior year. She is the only woman in Minnesota to receive the death penalty. Really? How about that? We, for uh, poisoning her husband with arsenic, they, they should have poisoned her with arsenic. Yeah. Well, they did worse. I'm sure. I'm sure she got the the hanging. They hung them back then with no problem. Yeah. yeah. So I hope they made it a public spectacle. You know, three, here's someone three twenty three twenty three is the same forwards or backwards. Three twenty three. <laughs> That's random. <laughs> no, it was no. Three, I mean, I think that really three twenty three twenty three. No, because it would go three two three. Dun, dun, hey, you know what? Dun, that's kind of like my manhole cover. Being that's a little bit like the manhole that, cover thing. Yeah, that's a little much for me. I know the manhole cover. Boom, was too well, I just think it. I just think it's related to crime. Anyway, okay. I'm a, Mike's best friend is who we're talking about now, Joey Buttafigo. Oh my God! In 1994, Joey's from Bayshore. In 1994. He was released from jail, and Mike picked him up, probably. Yeah. He spent just over four months in prison. Mm-hmm. 1994. In 1998, Gerald Stano. Wait, wait. You're not getting off of Joey Butterfuco yeah, that tell fast. Joey I mean, Butterfuco. come on. Joey Butterfuco. What, what, was, what was her name? 
uh, I can't remember her name, but the, the the Long Island Lolita. What was her name? Sorry, didn't the, somebody didn't somebody all, get uh, uh, something chopped? Yeah. In this, uh, that, that was uh, no, that was, was the Long Island Lolita got shot by his wife. Yeah, shot. But I, I was thinking about uh, an Amy, Fisher. Amy, Fisher. Amy Fisher. Amy Fisher. Amy Fisher. Who's actually hot who married now? Where are they now? I I refuse to believe Amy Fisher is hot now. Oh, she's she she's an attractive proof. woman. Crazy is I'll get out, but attractive anyway. Really, Joey Buttafuoco was released at, on this day in 1994. On this day in 1998, Gerald Stano is executed after he is convicted of nine murders. He confessed, actually, to 41 and received eight life sentences and one death sentence. And finally, in 2008, Stephen Supple murders his wife and their four children with two baseball bats. Really? He then dies after purposely wrecking the family van. So that is your on this day in crime segment for March. <laughs> and the good thing is that was not our sound effect. For this look, yeah, we're going to come up hey, with something. Go look good. up Joey Budafuk. But, but whatever. No, Joey go look Budafuk up Amy Fisher. Name. Hey, I got, I got Amy Fisher right here. Then, then and now, but Joey Budafuka, I think he even did a little porn when he came out, but to be honest with she you, did. Oh, was it? I know that, she did. A Joey Buttafuoco looks like yeah, Mike. Just, just saying. Joey Mike, Duff, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> Joey Buttafuoco yeah, does not look like Mike let, and me, let me see this. Let me see Some this. of them. Oh, my God. What? It kind of looks like you. Shit, it looks like, like his twins. <laughs> I don't think I look like him. Not now, because look at it now. I mean, it's Mike. What he does, that's that's the props. first thing you have ever done to actually piss me off. <laughs> Okay, I retried the statement. Comparing, well, I just thought that Joey Buttafuoco. Stop! 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 I'm gonna break your phone. Stop! I'm teasing y'all. He doesn't really look like him. Thank y'all for listening, watching, sharing, and commenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On everything we do, all the good, bad, and indifferent comments. Yeah, and we we need to get out of here right now because Mike is not doing this next segment. Hey, I gotta call ZocDoc.com because Mike's about to knock me the f out. You guys, this is just in. This is breaking news. The I team just reported this. I'm teasing about Joey. The I team. This is a fresh I team. We gotta put Mike and Joey's picture up one day. A fresh I-team report. Sorry, Breaking news. Trump has been indicted. <laughs> you lie. He has been. You lie. Oh, indicted for calling Stormy Daniels <laughs> horse face. Oh, my God. Y'all have no idea how much you've been <laughs> here. No, no, no. no. So, uh, come on. Hey, Baton Rouge girl. girl of, I get it. But all, Lisa's, all American girl. come back with Gwyneth Paltrow, right? So well, I did want to do the Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> story that they wouldn't let me do, guys. But, but. I mean, you come on, Colin Stormy, horse face. That is a, that's the only crime that I can see in any of this is, you know, I will, sorry, uh, Stormy, you don't look like a horse. I will defer. I've been accused of being the the fixer who gave her the bribe uh, because I might've been that business back in the day, but I wasn't. And, but I knew it. I can't tell you if I ever met Stormy Daniels in person. Can we go video me trying to put a manhole cover through a manhole? That's it. And we do that and we get some pictures of you and Joey. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Shut business. Peace. Oh, that was fun.